0: listening to PetLifeRadio.com.
1: Welcome to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. This is your host, Tim Link, and I thank you for joining us today. I'm so glad you're here. Uh, we've got an exciting show to go through today, and my guest is the former founder and president of the award-winning Emerald Films. Uh, She's also a published poet and an author, she's got a a new book out called Dogs Have Angels 2. So Sarah Cavallaro is going to be coming on here in just a moment to talk to us about her new book, so we're excited about that. And if you haven't had a chance to pick up a copy, pick up a copy of Dogs Have Angels 2. It demonstrates how positive effects can come out of life's unexpected turns. And also how our mutual love between people and pets, uh, it really is truly inspiring. So it's an inspiring book, fun book, and uh, we're going to be excited to talk to Sarah here in just a moment. But as always, I like to have uh, some tidbits, some news, some things to help you out a little bit. And I found a really interesting article on lethargy in dogs. Now, often we say we'd like to live a dog's life. Uh, you know, What better way than just lying around the house and taking naps all day long, which our dogs are really notorious for doing. However, if uh, that is not your common uh, motive for your animal, if that's not something your dog typically does, he could be experiencing, he or she could be experiencing uh, signs of lethargy and something that is serious and something you should take a, a look at and have your veterinarian take a look at. Lethargy is a state of drowsiness, some inactivity and indifference, to everything around them, whether it's external stimuli as such as sound or a sight or a touch. Definitely lethargy may also be a decreased activity exhibited from the animal if it's not feeling well. So really just a total change of behavior. Maybe they're napping longer than they uh, normally do or just really aren't excited about anything. Now lethargy is a non-specific sign associated with many possible underlying disorders. Its presence may represent severe and life-threatening illnesses. So it is something to take serious? Lethargy of uh, more than a day's duration should not be ignored and should be addressed, especially if it continues to persist past that 24 hours. Notify your veterinarian, take your uh, favorite furry friend in and get him checked out. Uh, so, to find out more about lethargy in dogs, you can visit my blog on Animal Rights Blog on Pet Life Radio. That's uh, petliferadio.com. Click on Animal Rights, click over to the blog, and we'll have a link and more information on there about lethargy in dogs. So, be aware, just a little helpful hint if your doggie's acting a little bit under the weather or is not showing interest in anything. So, we're going to take a quick break, let our sponsors come on board, and we'll come right back with Seva, uh, Sarah Cavallero talking about her new book. You're listening to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Sit, stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. L-U-C-K-Y, the number 10,
0: and get 10% off any order. No minimum at Petco.com. like your
1: business to reach out and invite in our audience
0: we have a brand new trademark concept called info seeds
1: info seeds are short 20 second seeds of information about your
0: place of business practice or service is the best most cost-effective way to invite us in we only have a limited number of slots left For more information,
1: visit the website, PetLifeRadio.com. Click on Sponsorship Information.
0: There you can listen to a sample of InfoSeed. Remember, only a limited number of opportunities are available. Good boy.
1: Let's talk pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back. Welcome back to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. We're so excited uh, that you're here with us today. And joining me now is Sarah Cavallero, who recently released her book, Dogs Have Angels Too. So, Sarah, welcome to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio.
0: Well, thank you for having me.
1: It's our pleasure. Well, congratulations on the book. Now, for those of the listeners out there that haven't picked up a copy of the book, tell us a little bit about the uh, premise and the storyline.
0: Well, it's a comedy of errors for dog lovers. And basically, it's about a group of people, a group of women in New York who need, who are going through hard times. They start to help themselves by helping homeless animals. And that is a, it's a story about redefining yourself and helping homeless animals, and they find hope and inspiration, and um, they heal themselves as well as kill animals. It's kind of a comedy, though. It's not as serious as it sounds.
1: Exactly. You know, we were talking before we came online today, and uh, when I first got the book, I thought it was going to be just an interesting story, either about how a dog helped a particular person out, or maybe it was a, a fictional type of book where it was a fun story where we, we take the, a particular pet and follow them through a, uh, a series of routines and whatever. And it's really a combination of everything. It does talk about and deal with um, working with shelters and homeless pets, which are near and dear to our hearts, try to get them to, to their right forever homes. But it's also... Also, a nice collection of uh, how uh, you know how everything comes together from a, a uh, animal and a woman's perspective. So, I thought that was a really intriguing twist to the stories.
0: I followed a lot of women around in New York. You know, there's a lot of women who are in between jobs and they sit on park benches and they end up, you know, helping animals. They they got into a lot of um, shelters and they walk them. You know, and they, they need to be useful too.
1: Absolutely. And uh, volunteering and helping out is definitely something that uh, desperately needs to happen with all these shelters and rescue organizations. And simply just taking the animals uh, on walk and spending time with them is a big part of that as well.
0: Right, and yeah. when you were talking about lethargic, I think that also is depression-related, and I think that when you are extending yourself in love, you know, the people become less lethargic, too, and the animals are less lethargic because they're receiving the love. So everybody, you know, everything benefits.
1: Absolutely. Your energy goes up, and when you feel good and feel good about life, you feel better about yourself as well as the animals definitely can pick up on that and have a, feel better about themselves as
0: well. Right, Exactly.
1: Now, Sarah, how did you come about writing the book? What gave you your inspiration? Was it just an aha moment, or was there something more to it?
0: No. I originally wrote it as a movie because I thought I wanted to have a a Disney-type movie that had serious issues but handled it in a comedic way. And I couldn't get deep enough with the screenplay, so then I started to write the narrative of the female, the main character named Miss Pink. And that got me into – and then the other character is a dog named Athena – So in writing this more and more and more, I was able to tell the story of people who need to redefine themselves by helping animals, and that's how I came to this book, and it was over an eight to nine-year period. I struggled and struggled with what this story really was and why it was important for me to write it, which is about redefining yourself.
1: Absolutely, that's fascinating. Well, tell us. You mentioned uh, the main character, Miss Pink. Tell us a little bit about Miss Pink and what people should expect from Miss Pink in the book.
0: Well, she was a marketing executive, and because it, and she was super successful in New York for twenty five years, and she was laid off. And over a couple of years, she spent all of her money, and she ended up in a shelter herself. And in order to get out of the shelter, she actually started to work as a, a volunteer for the dog shelters, and that led her to a job at a pet store and, and all her little, you know, characters that she met, these little dogs, and, you know, it's, it's her relationship with these animals and other people. So you, you can expect a lot of unexpected with Miss Pink, but she always ends up rising to the occasion, even though, you know, she, her circumstances were appear dire. They are not in the end dire. They're wonderful. They're inspirational.
1: And with Miss Pink, the book you know goes in a little bit about it, but she really learned herself as she actually lived a life that a, for a short while, a life that a, a dog could have.
0: Exactly. She lived without a home. And she took her dog to Central Park, one of the adopted dogs, and they lived in Central Park for a month alone. And I actually met a woman like this, and she inspired me many years ago.
1: And was uh, your inspiration, the woman that you met, was she, uh, was this a temporary situation for her? Was it a long-time situation for her?
0: She, um, it was temporary, but it was temporary for a couple of years. So I don't know if you consider that long. I would consider that super long. It took her a long time to get on her feet. Amazing. But she would adopt dogs. You know, she would take dogs and go to the shelters and walk them, and she tried to get out of her um, situation. By helping other you know, animals.
1: Fantastic. And, and so that helped her take her mind off of uh, perhaps her challenges going on in her life as well.
0: Yeah. And it helped her find her purpose. And then she became successful again.
1: That's fantastic. Now, in in those type of situations, what's your thoughts on, uh, you know, I always say that uh, everything has a purpose. Uh, Every person that's born has a a particular purpose for being here, and every animal has a purpose. What's your thoughts on that as far as how animals can teach us our life's purpose uh, while they're fulfilling their life's purpose?
0: Well, I think that when you observe animals, I mean, they can love unconditionally. And they literally, what blows my mind is they'll lick the hand that beats them. Now, what does that mean? You know, it, on so many levels, it means it falls within a lot of different Christ principles. I mean, there's a lot that can be taught through looking at animals.
1: Absolutely. You have to
0: watch them. You have to watch them. You have to get into them. For instance, yesterday, I tried to get my book distributed through like um, a dog hotel here in L.A., and I looked into the glass windows at the dogs that get dropped off, I guess, for doggy care because the people are working. The dogs were so So unhappy just being there without just, there's 30 in a room and there's a beautiful big room and there's a million, you know, toys and all this other stuff, but they were miserable. They wanted their owners or they wanted something to do. They didn't even play with each other. You have to observe these animals. You have to know what their needs are. You can't just throw just a group of animals together and say, oh, it's, you know, this is a generic caretaking situation and it doesn't work like that.
1: No, absolutely. You can't just uh, drop them off and let them go. I mean, you have to let them know, first of yeah. all, where you're going and when are you coming back. That uh, relieves a lot of stress from them uh, just initially. And then the people that are working with them, obviously, they need to be able to pay attention to them. But you're right. You know, Stepping back and watching the animals in your life and the animals around you are, uh, can teach you great life lessons.
0: Yeah, and I think that's they're simple, but they're very profound. And I think if people just watched animals, they would... Completely change their perspective and respect other humans also better.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> Learn from those animals. Well, listen, Sarah, we're going to take a quick break here, uh, but we're going to come right back and continue our conversation with Sarah Cavallaro talking about her book, Dogs Have Angels Too. So you're listening to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio, and we'll be right back. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Go to PetMeds.com forward slash Lucky, L-U-C-K-Y, to get 10% off any order. And free shipping on orders of $39 or more at PetMeds.com.
0: I Love My Pets. The new single by Mark Winter. Available on iTunes.
1: I don't make any decisions about who to hire without
0: going to Angie's List first.
1: You'll find reviews on home repair to health care, written by people just like you. With Angie's List, I know who to call, and I know the results will be
0: fantastic. Angie's
1: List, who you can trust. Go to Angie'sList.com forward slash rights and get 25% off any subscription. That's Angie'sList.com forward slash rights, W-R-I-T-E-S.
0: Hey guys, this is Skyra Samuel. Hi, this is Rochelle Seth from the Twilight franchise. Hey, what's going on? It's Tyler James Williams from everybody needs Chris. Hey guys, it's Caroline Sunshine from the new movie Marmaduke. You are listening to the amazing, unstoppable, Kristen Powers. Pets Rock. Pets Rock. Pets Rock. Pets Rock. Pets Rock on Pet Life Radio. Hey everyone, this is Kristen Powers of Pets
1: Rock at Pet Life Radio. We'll see you next time. Every week, on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Pets Rock!
0: Let's talk pets. Let's
1: talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. This is your host Tim Link, and I'm here talking to author Sarah Caballero about her new book, "Dogs Have Angels Too." Now, Sarah, we were talking a little bit about animal rescue and rescue organizations working with shelters, etc. What's your involvement? Do you work with rescue organizations? Tell us a little bit about your uh, background in that area.
0: Well, I don't have a huge background in rescue. My cousin runs Mutt Madness in Atlanta, Georgia, and I listen to her stories, and I'm trying to support her with some of the proceeds from the books. And, you know, that's my extent with rescue, is I'm trying to support rescue operations financially. And I have been, obviously, to many rescue facilities to talk with them and to see them. And I had rescued a dog once many years ago uh, and adopted the dog. So, I mean, I have it on a personal level, but I don't go and walk, you know, the dogs and, and like that.
1: But the book deals a lot with, uh, you know, the premise of it is, uh, you know, animal rescue and working with animals. And, and like we would said earlier, just simply uh, for people to go there and raise awareness of the various rescue organizations, spend time with the animals, and just simply uh, socializing is, uh, goes a long way in helping those animals out until they find their right and perfect forever homes.
0: Right, and also to help out financially if you can because these places need money. They need money big time.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, obviously, uh, the no-kill shelters out there, you know, they're, they're nonprofit organizations and they're trying to uh, raise money through, uh, donations as well as their, uh, philanthropic efforts. So I always encourage people to, uh, donate where they can. If they can do it financially, great. If they can't, then, uh, volunteer. There's always good people that need to be, uh, part of those organizations and, as a former president right. of a uh, humane society, no-kill shelter, I definitely know where that, I have some experience in that area.
0: And the other thing is don't adopt dogs or don't take or buy dogs or whatever you do with dogs if you can't take care of them. It's yeah. like don't have children if you can't take care of them. You know, it's the same premise. There's no difference. It's not just that you have this emotional inspiration and then, you know, like it's you know like uh, having children you know people fall in love they have a you know the passion if they have a child but they don't raise the child properly
1: yeah it is a life commitment they're part of the family so yeah treat them accordingly and um, help them out you got to spend time with them now Sarah tell us a little yeah. bit about if there was one thing that you had to say that you learned most about writing this book what would that be what's the takeaway for you personally
0: so you have to stand by what you believe in and, and you have to explore it and you have to be out in the world with what you. Believe in, you have to speak it out. You can't keep it within if, if it's something that's very strong. And this book was very strong for me, and I needed to write it for many reasons. And it's helped me um, understand myself and other people and animals more. So the takeaway is just just do what you want to do. Do what you really want to do.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Whatever you're passionate about, move forward with. An, and obviously, if you can help the animals out, that's even better.
0: Oh Yeah, you have to do that.
1: Now, Sarah, you have uh, – we mentioned earlier you're a uh, published uh, poet as well, and uh, we're going to talk to you a little bit about the process. You, you wrote this book originally as a screenplay. It turned into uh-huh. a, uh, a book that was published. You've published poetry in the past. Tell us a little bit about the differences in those processes in writing uh, for poetry compared to writing a, a book, whether it's a novel or a self-nonfiction-type uh, book. What's the process in your mind that you go through when writing these different types
0: of methods? Well, with writing poetry, it's just very instantaneous. It's an image, and you write it. And for me, I write it, and I'm not going to rewrite it. It's the moment. So that's, for me, the poetry process. The novel, in writing this novel, and it's my second novel, it took many rewrites and much discipline. And you have to work through a lot of frustrations, and it's a different process. And the the movie is just very visual. You have to have a craft, you know, you have to learn how to write a screenplay. And I felt with the novel, it was more stream of consciousness at the beginning, which got me through, first of all, the screenplay was the outline for this book, which is great, okay? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Then the book became a stream of consciousness. And then from that, I could rewrite it chapter by chapter by chapter. But I wouldn't have been able to write this book had I not written it as a screenplay first because it gave me all the action. The novel was the character, all the characters, all the dogs. You know, it's like 101 Dalmatians, you know, how they have a little life. Each dog has a little life. They talk and, well, it's very hard to do that unless you animate it in a film. Right. But you could do it on paper. You could do it through a book. You can spend pages and pages and pages of dogs just talking to you in their way, not just verbally, but emotionally or through their actions. Or I think you kind of get You've got to let your imagination go, and you have to focus on what the characters are telling you. They're going to tell you things, and then you have to record them on paper.
1: And do you find uh, when writing a screenplay, are there typically, uh, do you visualize it as having more characters involved in it, and you have to uh, bring out the personality and everything of each one of those characters compared to a, a novel where it may only have one or two main characters?
0: I have many little dog characters in Dogs Have Angels 2 in the book, and then I have one main character, Miss Pink, but then I have like these sub characters. I think it's very similar. It's just a different one is more visual, and my right. narrative is a longer narrative in the, in the book. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I can go on and on. You know, the character can go on and on and on in a, in a book, but they can't do that in the movie. It has to be very quick. You've got to read the scene very fast, or you know, people are going to lose interest.
1: Right. Right. And But I think they also – you know a lot of it goes hand-in-hand hand as well because they're um, – you have to build the storyline for the character in, in both of those manners, and you have to get the audience, whether it's uh, a reader or someone watching it in, in film version, to buy into that character, to build some sort of relationship with that character. Wouldn't you agree?
0: You don't have that. You don't have anything.
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> Well, fantastic. Well, Sarah, I want to thank you for coming on the show today. Thanks for coming on Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Uh, we've been talking to well, Sir Cavallaro about her new book, Dogs Have Angels Too, and I'm assuming this uh, book's available at uh, what locations?
0: Amazon. You can do Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com
1: so go to amazon.com barnesandnoble.com pick up a copy of the book you'll be uh, you'll be pleased you did uh, Dogs Have Angels Too by Sarah Cavallaro Sarah thanks for coming on to Animal Rights oh, Thank on Pet Life you Radio. so much
0: for, for having me on your show and I enjoyed the conversation
1: my pleasure my pleasure well we're coming to the end of the show today uh, I'd like to thank the listeners for listening to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio also uh, once again I'd like to thank uh, Sarah Cavallaro for talking to us today about her book Dogs Have Angels Too and for being on the Show today. Now, to find out more about me, Tim Link, the other guests that I've interviewed on the Animal Rights Show, and who we'll have coming up on the show, you can go to petliferadio.com. That's petliferadio.com. Click on the animal rights icon. There you can uh, download past shows. You can read the blog about all these wonderful tips and stories. And while you're there, uh, you'll know, be sure to check out the other hosts and the other shows on Pet Life Radio. So that's petliferadio.com. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for this show, please email me. You can email me at tim at petliferadio.com. It's tim at petliferadio.com. And I'll be glad to answer any questions you have, entertain any comments you may have. And if you have any ideas or guests that you want to listen to on the show, have on the show, let me know. i would be glad to see if I can get them on board so we can bring you the best authors and writers uh, that we possibly can. So until next time, uh, write a great story about the animals in your life. Share it in a blog, an article, or in a book, and who knows? You may be the next guest on Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets every week on demand only on PetLifeRadio.com.